What up? What up? What up? It's Rec League Podcast, man. This is episode number 42. Um, I apologize right now for missing two weeks ago. Man, dude, with the virus, the pandemic, first, like, things to talk about is, is slim pickings on the real. And, like, I had something to talk about two weeks ago. But it was complications with with the crew, with with my regulars, and I wanted to talk about the five bloods to come out, and I wanted to um, talk to my guys about the five bloods and Spike Lee, and complications came about that really just didn't allow a conversation, and I just, I didn't want to sit here and and talk to y'all by myself. Cause I I just I like interacting with people and and playing off of what they say and it just it worked out better to do it today. So with that said, my guy E Sigmund, he he comes on. We talk we talk about theaters opening up. We talk about the recent DC movie news, Snyder Cut, Michael Keaton, and um we talk about the Five Bloods. We talk about Spike Lee, and then for sports, I want to talk about the NBA coming back. Of course, I got bars. And then to uh, finish off this episode, me and Old Man Lawrence, we review, gush over, whatever you want to call it, RTJ4. And and that's your episode 42. Um, I usually do like the recent releases and all of that. Recently on Blu-ray, I... um think like just the impractical jokers movie came out like that i was searching high and low like waiting for an announcement and just out of the blue i just i found it like looking through blu-ray.com's um release schedule but there wasn't like a big like ad pitch or anything this past tuesday i got pennyworth the the alfred the batman's butler alfred got his own show on the epics channel and it it got a blu-ray um, this upcoming Tuesday, nothing comes out that I'm going to buy. So like, I really don't know what's coming out. Like nothing big that the, the, the casual movie fan is going to buy is coming out. And then Trolls World Tour, like the movie that kicked off the foregoing the theater due to the coronavirus going straight to VOD is coming out on home media the first Tuesday in July. Like that's wild in itself. And um, that Russell Crowe uh, Road Rage movie may or may not go to whatever theaters are open. Um, Unhinged is what it's called. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't even want to see that. So, like, for me, nothing's coming out to the theater. If the theaters even reopen, like, it's because of the spikes in positive cases man like it's still unknown whether or not americans at the very least can pull their head out of their ass wear a mask for a couple weeks let all let you know let the positive cases recover and then maybe just maybe with a couple rules and precautions in place we can get back to some kind of normalcy um so when i come back me and my guy E Sigmund, we're gonna chop it up about this this movie stuff, man. Reg League. 
All right, uh, take three. <laughs> take three. We uh, it's been like a month or so. I think we might have got up at the beginning of June. I got my guy E Sig back, and because of moving complications and me not wanting to talk Spike Lee movies by myself, I skipped the last episode. And the Anchor app is tripping. Thank you, Anchor. So now I'm gonna have to keep an eye on this phone at the same time while I'm trying to hold a conversation. But um, we was we was talking about last episode. I want to talk about HBO Max and finally announcing the Snyder Cut. And and then um, we was talking about uh, Zack Snyder saying that, that the viewer, the fan, had only seen like one fourth of what he had done. And me personally, like I said, like I said on the cut, that's not gonna be on the episode. The two, the two Zack Snyder DCEU movies are two of my favorites, and I'm I'm insanely hyped to see the actual final product, Zack Snyder's vision of what he wanted Justice League to be. Um, I'm gonna throw a swerve that I didn't say in the, in the outtakes, but he released he released that clip. That teased Dark Side with like Wonder Woman uh, discovering like like a, a tablet or something that had like some ancient language and it, it was real dope. And mm-hmm. if you can remember everything that you said on what we not gonna use, what, what you think about the Snyder Cut finally coming out? Um, no, I love it and it deserves to be seen. Um, you know, I'm a big proponent of. Uh, any type of artist's vision should be realized um, for sure. and not be compromised by the powers to be who have absolutely, like, no talent. You know, the, yeah. the, um, the, the, the pen pushers, the, the suits at the table. You know, whether it's a, an album that they didn't like or, um, in this case, um, because, um, like you said, um, two of your, your Snyders, what are those two movies, your favorite Snyder movies? I'm going to try and make a point. Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Thank you. So, Batman v. Superman. <laughs> the weekend it came out, um, Justice League, the Snyder Cut, was already filming. Yeah. It was already deep into principal photography. And the numbers weren't where they wanted to be in some of the critical... Um, that wasn't where they wanted that to be either. And Warner Brothers panicked. <laughs> I know all too well. You know, and you can't just change the tone and the, the direction of a movie. Well, you can, but it usually doesn't work mid-filming. And that's what they did with Justice League. They panicked. Yep. And they tried everything in a book to basically push Snyder out. And unfortunately, he had a tragedy in his family. And they... um. Oh, yeah. And they they um, they, um, they use that super dirty. Yeah. So um, no. And um, like I said, the theatrical version is a Frankenstein mishmash of a, a movie. I'm surprised it's not as bad. I'm surprised it's not worse. Right. Like crazily enough, I don't even think I have Justice League as my least favorite DCEU movie. Mm. Yeah, that's um, and another thing is is um, besides that, just horrible decisions, greed. Yeah. So a lot of people, if y'all don't know, if you're an executive at a movie studio and you set a release date, and the movie makes that release date, you get a bonus. <laughs> so they wanted to keep the release date. Yeah, you know they they could have pushed it and done the visual effects on um, summer. Yeah, on the on the mustache better. 
you know, everybody. It was just Wrong a collective of just bad luck. After Mission Impossible came out, of course, it was the right call for Paramount to flex and be like, no, he's not going to shave. Yeah. But bring back Superman, black suit. The black suit was in Man of Steel, so we know it exists in this world. Mm-hmm. Just fully bearded, mustache, fully bearded. Yeah, so like, right. yeah. But no, it was just from the very the theatrical version of Justice League. It's horrible when the very first scene, like, uh oh, you know, yeah. with the the little kids. And what the hell was with that? There's never a book into that scene. Wait, what's your favorite thing about Earth? Yeah, that, what's the book? I mean, I mean, obviously with the mustache, like that was obviously a Joss Whedon idea. Yeah. I wonder how Zack Snyder's movie starts now. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. But <laughs> Joss Whedon was straight like, oh, Zack Snyder's still getting directing credit. Fuck that shit. Yeah. This this this, this movie's not going on my filmography. <laughs> yeah, they gave him a writing credit because. Yeah, yeah but no, it's um like I saw it in theaters twice actually. Just I saw week. it twice. Yeah, and yeah, it's just. Um, it's still not clear if it's gonna be just a, a a long cut of a movie, or are they gonna do the miniseries style thing? Man, I if it wasn't for the Irishman, I think the miniseries thing wouldn't even be a, an idea. True, but yeah. there's, there's so many people complaining about how long the Irishman was. Like somebody took the time to break down the Irishman into episodes, episodic episode. <laughs> hours. So I mean, on HBO Max, it's hard telling. Yeah, because um, Netflix did a thing um, with the Hateful Eight. They did, the, yeah. which is cool. The um, little mini souls or whatever. But I'm just glad that um, yeah, it's gonna be seen. It deserves to be seen. Um, Zack Snyder is a good filmmaker. I don't, yeah, you know, sure. some of his work might not be as good as others, you know. But um, 300, everybody loves 300. Yeah, I think. Like, see, I'm in the minority with that, too. I don't dislike 300. I think it's super overrated. I think it's super overhyped. But it's still Mm -hmm. good. It's still, like, one of the most badass movies out there. Yeah, I could, um... But it it came at a time, even... What was it, 06? Yeah. Yeah. You froze. But, um, it came during that, um... I don't know if you want to call it a novelty, because it came around Sin City. Yeah. Oh, that, that Frank and, um, Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both Frank Miller. Yeah. <laughs> that's something to do with both of them. That's funny. But um, well, even I think um, Snyder has made one of the best remakes. If you want to go there yeah. with Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of, Dawn of the Dead is so like I think the more time it passed, it just gets more and more underappreciated. Yeah, that's what I'm trying and, to think. Um, like I think my least favorite Zack Snyder movie might be the The Owls of Gahul. But yeah, it's like. Cause he, he like he took a risk and did like like kind of like Eli Roth with the house with the clock in the walls. Yeah, it's not really in his wheelhouse, but it's not bad. That's true enough. And we want to, I'm gonna touch on one more thing before we move along. Um, so when this was announced, um, you know, people uh, criticizing it and this and that. They said it's gonna set a bad precedent. Like now, all the fans are gonna clamor. Like no, this is um, this is different. As in, yeah. This is, it's like yeah. Paul Feig didn't get pushed out of his vision of Ghostbusters. Right. And even in exactly. the same universe, like David Ayer didn't get pushed out until he got pushed out of the editing room. Exactly. And they basically went back and re-edited um, 
But I'm glad you brought up David Ayer with um, Suicide Squad. <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, at the very end, I was going to ask you uh, if you think the air cut happens. If um, if the Justice League thing is successful, you know, they probably told him to just... Because um, one thing I think that David Ayer is... Um, I wouldn't say doing wrong, but could do better is um, the way he's campaigning about it. Cause, yeah. um, because he's kind of making those critics over there that saying having a Snyder Cut release is going to set a bad precedent of everybody wants to get there. Is that the way he's campaigning for it seems sort of um, not very tactful. Yeah. You know, you go behind the scenes and talk to him like, look here, if this does, can I get mine? And he's... But then again, Twitter fans are asking him about it, and I don't think he wants to straight out lie about it. Yeah. Because when the movie came out, he was on the board like, yeah, I'm, I, I support this cut, and this is, you know, playing a game. Yeah. So I wonder, because I know he did Bright with Netflix. I wonder if he's, or actually, I think uh, Louis Leterrier is rumored to do Bright too now. Cause ever since Suicide Squad and then Bright came out, like, right after that, David Ayer's kind of just been chilling. Yeah. Uh, but now I wanna I wanna stay in the same universe. Cause you got one hat on, I got another hat on. It could all be intertwined. But the ink is not dry. Like I said, like like I'm not one of these pages accounts. I'm not one of these people who tries to break news. Like I'm I'm in I'm I'm practically on the Mexican border, man. I don't know nothing about movie news. I spread the word. That's all we do at Rec League Podcast. Michael Keaton is in talks to reprise the role of Bruce Wayne from his Tim Burton Batman movies to be in Andy Muschietti directed The Flash with Ezra Miller as The Flash, hopefully in 2022, which they're like, from what I understand from the actual reporters who do this for a living and break these stories... Jeffrey D. Morgan is not in this movie at all. Thomas Wayne will not be in the alternate universe that Barry Allen goes to. It'll be Michael Keaton, who is supposedly going to be set up to be a Nick Fury type character, to be like a mentor for other DC heroes in whatever movies come around. And this has nothing to do with nothing, but I'm a fucking geek. And even and the, the ink isn't dry yet. And all the DC movies on my shelf, I put them all together. Because if Michael Keaton is in this movie, who's to say that they're not going to try to make anything else canon? Yeah. Yeah, so... What do you think about Keaton coming back? So, now that the cat is out the bag, um, (laughs) they got to... They got to do whatever they can to get them. Because if this falls through anything else, any other idea they have, it's not going to... Yeah. It's not going to match up. You know what I mean? I mean, even if the movie without the Keaton thing is good, y'all have to bring something. Just Keaton being on the screen. And if y'all and if they put him in a suit. I heard it's going to be like some type of like Kingdom Come-esque bat suit. Yeah. Isn't that what they did for Crisis? Like, is that the one where he has like the robotic, like trying to keep his limbs up and, and all of that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the little okay, the so apparatus yeah. thing or whatever. They, they they try to do something similar to that for like f- with uh, Kevin Conroy for the CW Crisis. It was cool. But, yeah, it's, like, um, well, first of all, credit to you for saying um, 
I just call dude the director of it chapter one and two. I'm not trying to say that last name. Mushietti. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm Mushietti. saying it right. But yeah, it's um Yeah, but people were like you said, they were looking forward to um Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne, which would have been awesome in my opinion. Yeah. I always wanted him. As soon as he was in Batman vs Superman, I always mm-hmm. wanted him as Flashpoint Batman. I always wanted Lauren Cohan as Flashpoint Joker. But yeah, that would be. But I think they're going for at least Warner Brothers is. But like you know, they're trying. When my bad. When um, when Muschietti was announced, like like weeks or a couple months past, and like he answered a couple Flash related questions, and he always said it's gonna be Flashpoint, but it's gonna be my own take on Flashpoint. Like it was yeah. never gonna be like like Captain America Civil War isn't a comic accurate Civil War. Not at all. Yeah. Flashpoint isn't gonna be a comic accurate flashpoint and I don't care. Just just further the, the movie universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now my question is we spoke of Snyder Cut. Um Justice League, um when it whenever it comes out in whatever form it's gonna be, mini series or a movie, is it just gonna be its own thing or is it gonna be canon? See, like I think the way the way it, like Warner Brothers track record and we know how they do yeah. They they panicked when BVS didn't get the critical and financial that they wanted. They they did wreck Suicide Squad because of that. They wrecked Justice League because of that. I think the Snyder Cut is going to end up being like the most viewed, rated, watched thing on HBO Max. And they're going to go back into the boardroom, panic mode. Well, they love the Snyder Cut, so let's take it back to his original vision. Let's give Zack Snyder Justice League 2. And it's going to irrevocably take the the campy, jokey, brighter Shazam, Aquaman, Birds of Prey. And then they're going to look like eyesores in this whole universe because they're going to try to retcon it all back to Zack Snyder's yeah. like dark original vision. Yeah. But you know what sucks about that? It's, that's the problem with Warner Brothers, the panicking. You can have both. Yeah. You know, Ant-Man and the Wasp came out the same year. Infinity War came out. Two completely you know, you, different tones. Right. You can have more than one tone. That's what these knuckleheads don't get. Yeah, that's why like, I've always been somebody who said that when Warner Brothers wants to do their DC extended cinematic universe, literally copy like like disney doesn't own the mapping out of a cinematic universe they should have just done the exact same thing deal with the criticism well you just copied marvel and you established your characters you did a mashup and then you took some risks mm-hmm. if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah but you know what even but we keep going back to this warner brothers panicking thing if you ask me the um the zach schneider um outline the mapped out plan he had i think would have worked it would have because it was it's supposed to be justice league being a uh a, a two-part or a trilogy if i'm not mistaken. it was it was a trilogy and it sounded epic yeah and um you know all the stuff he set up in dvs was just you know they had him discarded and no payoff and because yeah. i want to see a movie or something else with the the um the nightmare um yeah. batman yeah, you know that's one of that's one of the best scenes of that of that in that movie BBS. If you ask me, because I think um, I think I read a couple days ago that that Muschietti wants to keep Kiersey Clemens as Iris, so she mm-hmm. I think her scenes are gonna be like put into the Snyder cut, and then that's gonna be established in the Flash, and 
I just I want to know who they're gonna cast or announce as Reverse yeah. Flash already. Yeah, but you know what? Speaking, one thing we didn't touch on, and I haven't actually heard all about. What's the deal with the Flash? And <laughs> Ezra and whooping that lady's that situation. ass. Probably nothing. I'm sure he's the, he's still the Flash. Yeah, it, it came and went. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, what the heck ever happened with that? Not a damn right. thing. Right. So. Um. Yeah, but. Keaton, and supposedly Keaton might end up eventually trying to like set up a Batman Beyond movie. Yeah, that's coming out of uh, that news. That's why I pointed out the hats. But yeah, it's... Um, and then I almost forgot to oh, talk yeah. about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Michael Keaton, I hope that ink does, I hope it does get yeah. signed and go, because that'll be an awesome idea. I hope, and, but then... Like Sony, and we know Sony, they're gonna try to be assholes, and they're gonna like try to schedule him to be in some kind of spider-related movie at the same time. He's got to do his Flash stuff and ruin it all. Yeah, yeah, Spider. I mean, that's Spider-Man. Sony still on their everlasting search for a successful franchise. Yep. And, and we know we know he's in we know he's in Morbius because they ruined him in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, they draw in. And then, but yeah, um, um, oh yeah, that Michael Keaton. This, I hope it happens. That'll be, I man. Yeah, if it doesn't happen, I may have rearranged all my DC movies for nothing. Mm-hmm. Stupid. <laughs> so, uh, again, what I was gonna talk about last episode was um, the horrible segue. I don't, I don't have no no effects or nothing. We just, we just <laughs> keeping the ball rolling. Supposedly, movie theaters within the next month or so are going to try to get back open. Like I was telling you before we hit record for the first time, um, my theater, the only theater in town, supposedly was going to open the 17th of July. And now with all the spikes and positive cases with the coronavirus and the pandemic again, it doesn't look like it's going to hit that the July 17th date because it's not on the app anymore. But then again, like all, all these movies got pushed back again. Mulan yeah, got pushed yeah. back a month. Uh, Tenant got pushed back practically a month overall. And then Bill and Ted got pushed back to like it got moved up. Then it got pushed back. And it, so like they, I think they're like shooting for August for like the big return. Uh-uh. You think it's gonna happen? Like I don't even want this to go along to discussion. This is you think it's gonna happen or not? Nah, unfortunately, no. And um. To our awesome audience out there, um, Randy and I are both in Texas, and um, unfortunately, uh, like you said, the cases are spiking. We're we're the brunt of a lot of jokes when it comes to. Um, we're not Florida. <laughs> yeah, right. It's Florida, um, Georgia, um, specifically Atlanta, and then Texas. When it's coming to how people are not caring about um, trying to make this thing go away. Yeah, and I feel like we were close, and then like Memorial Day happened, and we yeah. suck again. But um, that's why this ain't got nothing to do with no movie stuff. But whoever listen, whoever watch, chill on Fourth of July. Stay home. Yeah. Spray yourself down with Lysol. If these <laughs> if, if, if cases spike after Fourth of July. Ain't nothing I'm gonna do about it. I'm just gonna be mad. Yeah, and also it's um, 
you know, like I said, we're in Texas, and a lot of things in Texas get turned into political issues that are not. It's it's a health issue, man. Yeah. Just you know, put on put on a mask. Yeah, put on and, a mask so your nasty ass germs don't get spread to somebody else, and their nasty ass germs don't get spread to you. Just put a mask yeah. on. And also, um, you can be having and be asymptomatic and yeah. you still pass it. Yep. So it's just so much misinformation coming out, but um, you know we got way off of movies for a second. But <laughs> oh, oh, well, Contagion was it was a good movie. Yeah. And this is real life Contagion. We're still talking about movies. Yeah, basically. And but yeah, just yeah, trying. We just it's like as corny as it sounds. That saying, you know, we're all in this together. We're trying to get through it. It's not about. It's literally a world issue, though. Like corny or not, yeah. it's the reality. Yeah, but um, yeah, we all miss boy. Do I miss movie theaters? <laughs> but it's it's stuff that you, you wouldn't think that you. Yeah, you would you have to appreciate like oh, I'm going to movie theater. It's just man, when's the last time? Probably March. The last time you've been to a movie theater, I sat through The Hunt and Bloodshot in back to back days. Hmm. And I, Ooh, I, I still hurt. <laughs> but yeah, it's um. But yeah, whenever this thing does go away, and I'm very confident that it will, or at the very least, it'll we'll find a better way to deal with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the whole industry is gonna be changed forever. The um, without question, because we got um. Yeah, all these movies coming straight to on demand or even just streaming services. Have you have you rented any? Um, no, I'm actually uh, scheduling myself to look at um my spy because that's on Prime. Yeah, like I've already made my Prime payment. I'll probably try to watch that over. I got four days of July weekend. I got a four day weekend. I'll try to squeeze yeah. that in. So um, even though I'm not yeah, the target demographic. Uh, I was about to say the last king of Scotland. I don't know why that came to my mind, but um, <laughs> hey, Forrest so, Whitaker has a cameo in King of Staten Island. <laughs> there we go, the king of Staten Island, <laughs> the last king of Scotland. <laughs> but yeah, but um, and of course, I guess that'd be a good segue. Speaking of new movies, to go oh, yeah. to Netflix original. I, I definitely thought of that. That was that was perfect. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Just for the rest of the time we're on, I want to talk about. I want to talk about Spike. He released the Five Bloods on Netflix. If I'm not mistaken, I feel. I think I heard or read somewhere that like every studio like like just basically told him no, and then Netflix was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just yeah, they gave Spike. You know, Spike been in the game since '85. I'm about to say, damn near as long as I've been alive. Yeah, and um, this is, if not the biggest budget he's ever had for a movie. Probably Inside Man is the, his really? biggest budget. Cause Cause I, was, I was thinking, because it's regularly, we're not professionals. So if I spoil some shit, fast forward like 10 minutes. And that's, that's, the, that's the heads up that I'm about to spoil some shit. Because... Yeah. I like I love what he did with the flashbacks when mm-hmm. when when they go back to the Chadwick Boseman scenes during the war, but how all mm-hmm. the like lead characters are still old. Yeah, I always thought like, hey, maybe he just didn't get the budget to de-age, 
But then maybe the spike was just like, nah, like de aging has become like a gimmick, so I'm about to do it yeah. like this. Yeah. I know from he said somewhere it, it was a conscious choice not to do that. Yeah, I loved it. Like I like yeah. was um Isaiah Whitlock, Delroy Lindo, uh, Norm Lewis, and mm-hmm. uh, Clark Peters. Like they're all in the flashbacks, but they're all like the age they were like during filming and all that. And I, I just I thought that was really dope. Yeah, and he obviously was going for um, the performance, like, cause um, bro, if Delroy don't get nominated, yeah, well, yeah, is actually start off with that Delroy Lindo. That dude is um, one of the greatest performances of the year. Yeah, and a couple of weeks, if not a week before the Five Bloods came out, um, Congo had his 25th anniversary and I posted a scene, his only scene in the movie where he like, um, like have some cake and, <laughs> and even that one scene, you know, he, he chews up the scenery in a good way. Yeah. But now Delroy Lindo is super underrated and this movie, it's no reason he should have a lock for the nomination at least. Best it, important. It, and how they, they extended like the Oscar uh, qualifications to like February like it's right. gonna matter. Like the Oscars probably aren't even gonna happen next year, and that's gonna be the robbery. That's gonna be the robbery. Why Delroy don't get on statue? Yeah, that sucks. Because yeah. they're gonna be like, well, not enough movies came out, so we're just gonna cancel the ceremony. <laughs> no, that's. Um, I mean, hell, the daytime Emmys announced that they're going virtual. So. Oh, for real? Yeah, I don't see. Um, Man, you know, you they, and Nick are the awards guys. I don't, I don't pay too close attention to it. <laughs> yeah, but the Academy is no reason. Even if it's, um, heck, you can have a social distancing lab event, or it's, it's no reason yeah. not to have it. So, yeah, they, yeah, but the Five Bloods, um, Five Bloods was dope. It's in my top ten favorite Spike movies. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, um, you know, we've been quarantined a little bit before that, and a lot of Spike Lee movies are popping up on streaming, and, um, Hey, I, don't, I don't need none of that. I was I was ahead of the game. I was binging all the Spike movies that I own. That's true. Yeah. I, I binged I binge watched for like two three weeks all the Spike Lee movies that I own in like April, and I might have started in March, but it was mainly in April because I knew the Five Bloods was coming, but the release date wasn't mm-hmm. announced. So I wanted to just get ahead of all of that. There was some stuff I wanted to be uh, fresh on. Like I love Black Klansman from a couple years ago. I love He Got Game, Inside Man, Do the Right Thing. And then, okay, the only one that I don't own that I did watch was She's Gotta Have It. Because, like, a day before I started, I was like, well, shit, this is on Netflix. I want to see it. Yeah. Yeah, he's been yeah, real busy of late with Black Klansman, and he did two seasons of a TV show. Yeah. A rarity for a TV series he directed every episode. Did he really? If I'm not mistaken. If not 90%, he directed every single episode. That's dope. And, um, of course, The Five Bloods. and um, But, yeah, he's had a very, yeah, two of his best works have come out in the last That's crazy, years. ain't it? Yeah, with Black. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. With Spike Lee, you know, who has some classic, um, very relevant movies, especially what's going on now. Um, I swear. Like, that's the thing about Spike. Like, if you, if you want to cut back and just, like, just... Just like go blame, stare off into space and watch some shit. Like Spike mm-hmm. Lee is not the director to put on. Every yeah. single movie, he got some kind of message. Yeah. He, he's he's trying to educate um, everybody. We talk about underrated movies. And I'm from Indiana. Spike Lee is supposed to be a sworn <laughs> enemy. 
Like, man, even, I guess it's lighthearted. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, the Spike, his lighthearted movies might be Crooklyn. I'm, I'm trying to save face and see where, because the, the anchor is tripping and they cut us off again. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, Crooklyn, maybe. Um, yeah, that's all I can really think of, like, right off the top of my head. But, um, no, back to the, um, yeah, Five Bloods, definitely one of his best. If y'all haven't seen it, uh, check it out. If you've seen it, watch it again and look for the, the nuances and appreciate the performances even more, especially from Delroy, who... For sure. Yep. And, yeah, I think um, we mentioned earlier, but, um, you know, Netflix threw a really big budget at Spike. Um, if you all notice, there's a lot of... Um, about to get into my geeky filmmaking talk. Um, the flashbacks are filmed in 16 millimeter, and they go to a different aspect yeah. ratio. Yeah, that based on based on what's going on in which scene, like the aspect ratio always changes. Like aside from the flashbacks, like that was one of the like coolest things about this mm-hmm. movie to me. Yeah, and then Spike. Um, yeah, I think it's probably three aspect ratio. It's the uh, you have um, the classic widescreen, then you have a matted widescreen when they actually search for the gold, and then the flashbacks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think um, they threw him 40 million bucks. And the average Spike movie is, like, from 10 to 20. No shit. Yeah, and that's for his studio movies. Yeah. Like, there was, like, it was good, like, I don't, like, don't want to spoil it, man. It's been out, like, two weeks. But there, there's one part... Norm Lewis, and it's like it wasn't subtle at all because he started doing something, and I was like, okay, like something's about to go down because of where they're yeah. located, and it still went down, and I was still shocked by it. Yeah, yeah, it was just um, <laughs> the scene you're talking about. <laughs> it's crazy that you knew exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, but definitely, um, yeah, Spike Lee does it again, and it's surprising. We spoke about the studios turned him down left and right and this is a dude um like you said his career is the same age as you yeah yeah <laughs> and he still can't get a green lit you know for, for certain types of movies That's so crazy. people talking about like the streaming services and the companies um you know i'm i'm glad for them yeah because um for a lot of there's a lot of crap on netflix uh, um you know let's be honest but there's a lot of greatness on that too yeah for sure and um you know prime is jumping in apple tv's jumping in and um i forget the movie um i recently watched it i didn't tell you with samuel jackson and anthony mackie oh uh, the banker the banker okay i heard that wasn't very good yeah it is it's decent i watched it the other night but um yeah these streaming services are basically movie studios in themselves you know they're financing and releasing movies Shit. Apple, Apple sell two million phones in a year and go make a movie. <laughs> right. And uh, we go back to um, uh, the Irishman. You know, I don't think the Irishman is getting made being a, a major theatrical. Nah, because I mean, how many times can you show that in a theater a day? Twice? Yeah, yeah twice. <laughs> Three at the most. <laughs> I don't even know if it could have made a million dollars in the States opening yeah. weekend. How so much yeah, did it? Because I know it had that limited run at the beginning of November last year. I forget. Yeah. But 
Um, yeah, it's um, it's my little with um the streaming services they're giving a lot of filmmakers um veteran and new yeah. these opportunities to make make these films. Yeah, man. Cause um, I mean, like I don't. Sometimes I think Netflix be lying. But it's like every time something that's hot, like every time an Adam Sandler movie comes out, and then every time something that's like real hype comes out, well, Netflix just set a new streaming record based off of this, this, and this. Yeah. So, you I mean, know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. But, um. Because, like, they don't really release them. It's not like, it's not like you see Netflix ratings and views on box office yeah. results. You see what they just started doing, the top 10. Yeah, yeah. Like top the, 10 of the, the day. Trending. Yeah, and but yeah, they just recently <laughs> started. <laughs> you hear them sirens, man? Yeah, but I believe you can't access the the hard numbers now. But um, at first you couldn't have because um, because yeah. going back to what we talk about um comic book movies um people were curious about the numbers when the Marvel shows started to get canceled. Yeah, and people assumed it was because they were doing bad, and that wasn't the issue. Was and we now know what the yeah. issue is Disney Plus. Yeah, so yeah, these movies they they're viewed a lot, and they're hits because of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And because of um the quarantine slash pandemic, you know, these oh, it, numbers got to be yeah, but that's all right. there is to do is stream now. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Coming back around to Spike. I think even like my my least favorite Spike Lee movies, like I still don't dislike him. Like like she hate me. I just feel like he was trying to do too much. He had yeah, like I mean, two first he, movie, you know. He, yeah, <laughs> he had like he had his main subplot with Anthony Mackie getting it in, making money. But then he had like all that business stuff too. And and then like we know like old boy isn't even his final product. Yeah. And then yeah, they. Uh, even Brolin came out and said, "Like, <laughs> that's not the movie we made." Yeah, but um, I'm sorry, I said first movie, but she hate me. I'm thinking she's got to have it. But yeah, she hate me was um, yeah, he um threw a lot into the plot. Yeah, I, I hate you on that one. Nah, like she's got to have it. it. Was good. And they're like my mm-hmm. favorite Spike movies. I think my top five is is Inside Man, Black Klansman, Twenty Fifth Hour, He Got Game, and Do the Right Thing. And and twenty fifth hour, you talk about an underrated. His movie. most underrated, it's gotta be. Yeah, and it's just and Edward Norton has a few Academy Award nominations, but this is one he got snubbed on. Yeah, the monologue scene alone. Yeah, and he offended yeah, everybody. If you if if you if you got a breath in your body, Edward Norton offended <laughs> your ass. Yeah, and the genius of the scene is how he went from. Just abroad, and he started getting more personal and personal toward the end. If y'all yeah. haven't seen that, watch it. That's yeah, um, for sure. a great freaking movie. Yeah. But yeah, that's because what I, like I when I do my binges like that, I I go chronologically. Even if it's a sequel, I'll probably just keep it chronological. Mm-hmm. And I hit I hit twenty fifth hour to come out. Technically, it come out in two thousand two, but I'm I'm one of them that like it got its wide expansion like January oh three. Yeah, so, like, that's true. I say that's a 2003 movie, and I was yeah. just like, man, like, what's gonna top this? And like, I like it. Like, he got game. I love he got game. That's one of my all time favorite basketball movies, Denzel movies. Mm-hmm. Period. And then Inside Man came out. Like, Inside Man is just another underrated heist movie 
but then you got them performances from Clive Owen, Denzel. Like it's it's just so good. And I I always think it's it's weird, but it's also like really cool that like Shabatel Edgio Four and Denzel was in movies back to back years like that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. American Gangster. I about that. And, then, and um, another thing about um, we talk about his mainstream, his actual movies. Yeah. We not not even getting into the, his documentaries. Yeah, like I know he got a Kobe documentary. He um. Yeah. Did did he do one for Michael Jackson? Um, I don't think so. He did one with, for the Kobe. He did Kobe when he did Four Little Girls. He did the, when the levees broke. Okay. And um, it's a couple of other ones he did um, that you have to check into. But um, no, I don't think he did the Michael Jackson one. Yeah, but it's it's quite a few. But yeah, you um. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, you mentioned American Gangster and um, yeah. Inside Man. That's that's another freaking name. I, I ain't gonna mess with. It. I love him as an actor. Twitchertail. Yeah, for Bird. sure. I'm glad that he come out a few days ago and said he's gonna be in Doctor Strange too. Um, yeah. I know yo. I don't know. You got your top five Spike movies off top? <laughs> Not off top. I know you got Malcolm best, X in there. Um, what's that? So I know you got Malcolm X in there somewhere. Oh yeah, Malcolm X actually would be that's one of the most snubbed movies of all time in my um, it's opinion. The <laughs> if it wouldn't mess yeah. up the laptop and my framing, I slammed the table right quick. <laughs> But I have to go um, top five, Malcolm X, number one, um, Do the Right Thing, number two, uh, 25th Hour, number three. Hey, we got a match. <laughs> um, let's see what else. I know I'm going to miss a couple, but um, last two would probably have to be uh, He Got Game. And believe it or not, um, Summer Sam. Okay, yeah, I got that in my 10. I ain't got that in my 5. Yeah, I think that movie, man, he got, just the fact, he got a, a lot of underrated movies. That's, yeah. just, that's just gonna be the thing. That's just a thing throughout his whole career. Yeah. Man, if it wouldn't, if it wouldn't mess up my screen recording, I click and I get some of his other stuff, because I want to hit on a few movies, like, that I didn't get a chance to watch. Like a like girl six, and then like what he did in between Miracle of Saint Anna and Old Boy, I didn't get a chance to watch those. Um, yeah, Red Sweet Blood of Jesus. Yeah, and, and um, Red Hook Shirek. Shirek, yeah, those are the three yeah. that I didn't get a chance to see. Mm-hmm. And then girls, who's in Girl Six? Is it Teresa Randall? Teresa Randall, okay. yeah, and uh, Isaiah Washington. That's right. Yep. He had a run. Like Isaiah Washington was in Crooklyn, Clockers, and like all back to back to back years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Spike is um Spike is loyal to his favorites and um For sure. Yeah, and a couple of his movies, even his T V show, he cast it's one actress in particular. Um you probably don't know about name, but Kim Director. I think I know she- the name because she was in a few of these movies. Mm-hmm. She was an inside man. She was in the TV show. She's got to have it in yeah. a couple of his other movies. Around the same and, time as Inside Man. Yeah. But yeah, that's um, yeah, that's definitely um, probably dedicate a whole episode to Spike Lee. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was saying. That's what I said in the group chat that I hold him and Denzel link link up at least one more time. Yeah, they done what. 
Five, ten, no, four. Four, yeah. It seems like more. Inside, man, I swear. That's why I asked at the time, because it feels like way more than four movies. Malcolm X, yeah. Inside Man, He Got Game, Mo' Better Blues. Yeah, that's it, ain't it? Yeah. Uh, but who was it? Um, this is a silly, not even a segue, but it's related, but it's not. I think it was 50 Cent got into it with Spike Lee over something. It's 50. If it's not 50 Cent, it was another rapper. Um, they were trying to come at Spike Lee, was saying... Um, He's only his career is only successful because of Denzel. Yeah, oh, and I gotta look into that. I think it was Fifty Cent. I mean, Fifty Cent petty enough. To I'm about to say I can see Fifty Cent or something like that. Yeah, but no, it's um, that is something that popped in my head. But shit, like four movies, seventeen, like four movies out of the seventeen I watched, it don't sound like it's gonna hold any weight. <laughs> right that's true enough and that that's the trip too he's in four movies with Denzel his son was the leading black Klansman Denzel's son was the leading black Klansman yeah that's yeah two generations of that's crazy yeah but man but yeah I guess speaking of um uh, Denzel's son uh, blanking on his name is, uh, John David, David Washington John David Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Was really excited for Tenet, but... Yeah, it'll come out eventually. <laughs> it'll, it'll come out eventually. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's another thing, like, behind the scenes, rec league behind the scenes in the group chat. I'm not tripping off of these delays. I, I'd rather go to, go to the theater when I know I'm not going to get sick and enjoy the movie than just be, like, not, be not touching the armrests and trying to keep my feet off the floor with a mask on. In the ET suit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if Tenet comes out nah. on Christmas or next summer, like it'll, it'll come out eventually. Yeah, yeah, because um, uh, Nolan definitely films his movies, and I'm using that word for a reason. Film his movies to be seen on the big screen for sure. Yeah, yeah. Christopher yeah. Nolan has to be like the driving force behind trying to keep movies in the theater. Because mm-hmm. Tenant was the last movie to move. Tenant was like, when everything started moving, Tenant was there. Tenant was there up until like two weeks ago. Yeah. And it, it moved when Warner Brothers probably like at the last second determined that it had to. And it only moved maybe three weeks total. Mm-hmm. Maybe a month. I don't know. Yeah, that's true enough. And, um, and also, um, when I say film, he shoots... I think ever since The Dark Knight, um, yeah, The Dark Knight, he shoots most of his movies, well, he shoots all of his movies with IMAX cameras. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Christopher Nolan's movies have become events. Mm-hmm. Because of the effort that he puts in and the detail and the technical aspects. Yeah. And um, I saw Dunkirk in IMAX, and boy, was that... um. <sighs> talk about an experience that's one like i got it lined up whenever tenant actually does come out i got it lined up to rewatch his all his movies except his batman movies because i recently watched those maybe like nine months or so ago but like dunkirk is one of the ones i'm looking forward to rewatching the most mm-hmm. but man yeah at the fear i don't want to like abruptly cut this off but at the fear of like losing any more of what we talking about <laughs> I think it was a dope conversation on Spike. 
as you said many times, one of the most underrated directors out there. But like honestly, with one of like the best collections of of work, and somewhere along the lines, within the next two weeks, depending on news, if Michael Keaton bails, we'll have something to talk about in two weeks, man. It's Rec League podcast. When I come back, we're gonna be talking about the NBA. All right, uh, I'm going to hit y'all with a little bit of sports right quick. I was going to have my dog Orlando on here, but, you know, complications arose. And um, as I said in the movie segment, as I usually say, regularly podcasts don't break news. We're not in the, the reporting business. I pass news along. But if, if regularly had breaking news ever ever is now uh cam newton just signed a one-year deal with the uh with the new england patriots i love i'm 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 real hype that cam newton got signed because colts fans specifically know brian hoyer is trash and uh stidham i don't even know his first name like like they might be confident in him but I like I never thought that this dude was gonna be their week one starter. And that's even saying we get a season. So I feel like if Cam can show that he's healthy, Cam Newton is a starter for the New England Patriots. And maybe he's playing for a long term deal with them, with any other team in the league. But I I like I hate the Patriots. I loathe the Patriots. I hope that Cam balls out. I hope he has a great season. Um, say what you will about Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick, but he's going to get peak or great Cam Newton. Cam Newton might be in the MVP discussion. Um, and then before I get on to what the main topic of this segment is going to be, got to show love to Vince Carter. Vince Carter retired after 22 seasons, uh, technically played throughout four decades, and um, I love Vince. Vince is the GOAT dunker. He has the best dunk contest ever. He's like well, he's probably like the best player of all time that never like truly like did my Pacers dirty. Cause like like Jordan stopped them from getting championships. Kobe stopped them from getting championships. Allen Iverson would eat the Pacers every so often. D Wade, LeBron. You know, like great players have rocked my Pacers. Vince Carter, like he has like one of his greatest dunks ever against the Pacers. But like the Raptors really ain't start doing the Pacers in until like five seasons ago or so. So like like Vince Vince Carter's dope. Like Vince Carter, give Vince Carter his flowers. Um, and that leads me to to the NBA because it was announced. That at the end of July, the NBA is going to try to come back. Like, all the teams are going to play in Orlando. And they have, I, they have, I don't know, they have teams assigned to certain areas at this location in Orlando. And in the Eastern Conference, the eight playoff teams that were in the playoffs when everything hit the fan... Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, Indiana, Philly, Brooklyn, Orlando. They're going. Wouldn't it be some shit if this was in Orlando and then the Magic weren't going to make it? 
and then Washington. Washington's like Washington is five and a half games out of the eighth seed, but they're the only team in the East that wasn't eliminated when everything shut down. From what I understand, I th- I think because basically if you make the playoffs, if you if the ninth seed can't catch you, so. I don't know. I don't want to get into the ins and outs of how you clinch a playoff spot. But those are just the teams in the East that are going to Orlando. And then way more teams in the West are going. Like, you got your eight teams that were in the playoffs before everything broke. Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, Grizzlies. And then five teams that, like, the the lowest-seeded team on here is the Phoenix Suns. And they're six games out of the eighth seed. Six six games out of eight with only eight to play. So the teams that are going from the West that aren't in the playoffs are the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Suns. And the rumor is that the NBA offices and suits and all of that want a Lakers-Pelicans first round, a LeBron-Zion first round. And Anthony Davis versus his old team first round, and I'm sorry if the Pelicans make the playoffs now. I'm I'm screaming, I'm screaming set up. I'm I'm screaming I'm screaming rigged. Um, but like I hope for the best. I hope that the NBA has everything set up to where this is a success, and and by October we have an NBA champion. But. The way the way that this virus has reacted, the way that everything has played out over the past couple weeks, few months, is that I think the NBA is going to have so many positive cases in Orlando that they're going to shut it down and bail on this whole thing and not even make the NBA playoffs. I mean, and not even uh, make it to the NBA finals. So um, I want to know what you guys think about the NBA's plan to finish the season. Um, do you think Washington gets into the playoffs in the East? Do you think any of those teams in the West make make the playoffs? Do you think Memphis holds on? Me personally, I want to see Ja Morant in the playoffs instead of Zion. Like Ja Morant is Rookie of the Year. Like I don't want to hear Zion Williamson has eight games to win Rookie of the Year. He missed, you know, that first big chunk of the season while Ja was balling. Ja Morant is Rookie of the Year. Uh, when I come back, man, I'm going to have some bars for y'all, and then me and old man Lawrence are going to talk about that RTJ4. Yo, yo, the return. Here I am up in this bitch again. Indiana, what I represent, my residence south of Michigan. I'm spitting it, they digging it. Just me and the homies kicking it. Eating so many rappers, I could be a connoisseur. Then when I spit some bars, you could say I drop manure. These rappers average Joes, but I'm betting on myself like I'm Peter LaFleur. I thread the needle, little Tweedle. You as dumb as Tweedle D. Just stay apart. It ain't this hard. How fucking dumb can people be? You get ripped apart. This is art on this easel, easily. Not one to flaunt titles, but the kid break hearts. No Shawn Michaels. Sick of saying the words. Ready, boss. In love with the green. No Betty Ross. April O'Neil against this renaissance artist you already lost. Get snapped on. No paparazzi. You being the biggest hater is what you could not see.
man, we about to uh, put a cap on this episode of Rec League Podcast. Got my guy, old man Lawrence, and we about to talk about, I know mine, I'm pretty sure your most anticipated album all year is RTJ4, Running Jewels 4, whatever you want to call it. LP has come out and said, whatever your flavor, that's the title of the album. Um... I wanted man, we was gonna have we was gonna have Merritt on here, RTJ new guy, and I just wanted him to talk about it, see if he listens to the old ones. But this the this the hand we've been dealt, man. So just start off, man. What you think about it? Uh, it's everything that I thought an RTJ album would be, if I'm being honest. Um, the production is there. My man LP came through and killed it. Yes, uh, per usual. Um. I think it's I think it's on par with the uh, previous three. Uh, the lyrics are on point, just like you think they would be. Uh, Killer Mike always, well, let's be real, he kills that shit. And then you got LP, who's always been like that kind of under the radar MC, who will come through and like drop a verse, and it'll just like take you three or four spins until you like really digest it, and you're like, yo, he fucking murdered this shit. And there's a, there's a few examples of that on this album. But it's a. Uh, I heard somebody describe it as, um, it's an album that you could riot to, and it's kind of ironic <laughs> that we got, you know, the protests um, going on all across the country right now, and it's, yeah. they said like the the soundtrack to riot to, and it kind of is, man. And I don't know if they meant it to be like that because I don't think they quite did because all that shit kind of went down, you know, post production or whatever. Um. But it's very fitting for the times, and RTJ, as they always have done, have kind of been on the forefront of you know politics and you know hip hop and how they kind of like mix. And not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but yeah, it's a dope ass album, man, and for sure my most anticipated album of the year, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, man. Yeah, like um, I don't quite put it as high as the first three. There's just something about it. It's just. I don't know. Maybe I got to live with it a little longer and then it'll just be like a four album, just perfect four albums. But so like right now, this is like just minuscule under and like, but Yankee and the Brave was that dope teaser track. Ooh, La La is that dope single. I know, I know we kind of down out of sight because two chains versus a little, eh, but that's like, that's probably my favorite beat on the whole thing. There's just something about that beat. It's so funky. Okay, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Holy Kalama fuck is dope as hell. Goonies versus E.T. is dope as hell. Like, the first track I called out in the group chat was Walking in the Snow. Just just because, like you said, the George Floyd, the, the protests and all of that. And LP was like, nah. Nah, we recorded that shit, like, last fall. Like, when when we when I was up in Indy kicking it with you, Killer Mike was in the booth like, recording some shit that has been echoing through the world this past month. Yeah, that just kind of puts a lot of things in perspective, man. They recorded that shit back in November. Yeah. How much it, you know, resonates today. Uh, Yeah, the world is fucked up, man. We got a lot of issues going on right now. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's hard for me to even, like, do this podcast, man. I remember the the last time I did a podcast, I was kind of like, I don't don't know how to word this. It was kind of, like, hard to get to a podcast or whatever. It was the, um, when Kobe... Mhm. I don't know, man. Just like with with the pandemic going on, the protests going on, it's just like I don't know, man. Twenty twenty has been trash. 
Yeah, kind of just messed up, man. 2020 is like, it's finally, it's finally wearing on me. And I'm like, every day, like waking up, and it just it seems like it seems like there's something new every day. Every fucking day, man. 2020 has been a dumpster fire. And, and something every day is just like bring us down. And I don't know, this album was it was kind of like <clears throat> a breath of fresh air, I guess. But also at the same time, like it was, it it very much feels like a, a soundtrack for the time. Yeah. Like, it's like this is pretty much where we're at, and I feel like they captured the spirit of where we are, like perfectly. Um, I don't know. Here we are, and like you said, I think that uh, I think I think the Wiggy's track on there is the one with two chains. It's a it's it's a good song. I like it. Yeah, like Killer Mike and LP killed that shit. But yeah, my, two chain my, two chain talking about uh, we I buy a hot dog stand if I'm trying to be frank. And then he had a line right before that that was almost as equally yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a, it's a it's a funny line or whatever you know. What yeah. I mean? but, it just like if that was like Eminem spitting that shit, like he'd have got clowned on. Right? I feel like the past like year and a half though, like I've been singing Two Chains praises. Like I was down on Two Chains, yeah, yeah. and then he sure. came feature after feature after feature where I kind of had to just show Two Chains respect. Yeah, oh yeah, he he definitely. I in my opinion, he shines he shines brightest when he's on somebody else's track. Yeah, that's just he's been like that. It's been that way for a few years now. I'm trying to remember um, that line. It was a. It's a solid track or whatever, but it's definitely, in my opinion, it's probably the probably the weakest track on there, and it's probably the most popular track on the album too. It probably is, right? yeah. Or the or this one right here, like some dummy on Wikipedia call it just, but I'm pretty sure the title is just money. And then, yeah. and that's that's the one like, that's where I feel like like may, RTJ's like maybe flirting a little like commercially a little bit, maybe because of Pharrell, maybe because of the beat, like maybe it was molded with Pharrell in mind. I don't know. This is probably this is probably one of my least favorites on here, but it's still stupid dope. But just yeah, uh, it's so hard, man. That and then Zach so De La Rosa hard. came back from uh from RTJ two. Man, I love I love bumping this shit and pulling up uh, at a stoplight with the windows down, just like blasting this shit. <laughs> they just hear like slave bastards posing on your dogs. They even the car looking at you. They actually look bro, looking over. Oh at my! You, like, oh my word! <laughs> Was this dude listening to like what the <laughs> fuck is it? slave masters bumping out of this dude's speakers? What the hell is this dude even jamming? I can't I can't even begin to tell you the crazy looks I got right around to it. But that song fucking slaps, man. That shit is hard. Uh, Killer Mike killed it. LP came through. Uh, he said Della Roach. I mean, he does this thing. I, oh, the only the only my only <clears throat> slight complaint about this song is like the way it just kind of cuts off. Like I, I really wish they'd let the chorus ride. One mm-hmm. more time, because I feel like I feel like that chorus is powerful as hell. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they should have ended it some way with it, you know, riding out to the chorus because that shit was heavy. Is that the one where Killer Mike spits last and then like right in between tracks, it kind of sound like he's like what? Or is that another uh, song? Ain't nothing to fuck with. No, no, no. no. I don't. Th- I don't. Th- yeah, 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 yeah. Is that it? That yeah. Same track. Yep. On the yeah, Tombstone's Red Day, ain't nothing to fuck with. Say that shit again, Mike. Nothing to fuck with. What? Yeah, so the first couple, first couple spins of the album, like, that was probably my uh, favorite track going away. Uh, and then uh, Walking in the Snow kind of kind of took over that spot. I was like, yo, this this track is so, so hard. It's like, yeah. this is the dope shit on here. <clears throat> and then now, honestly, if we're talking about it, like, favorite track on the album, it's probably got to be... Uh, uh, Never Look Never, Back. Never Look Back. That's probably... That's, that's probably a fucking jam. That is my shit, man. Never that look song. back is a fucking jam. Yeah, and honestly, as far as production goes, 
I don't know how I would, I would rank this album because I feel like LP certainly did his thing. I feel like it's the most different uh, yeah. from, the RT, from the other RTJ albums, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's um, not. I, I feel like LP was, um, you know, kind of like stretching, stretching out, you know, stretching his legs a little bit more on this than he did in uh, previous projects. Like, I think in previous projects, like, after after RTJ won, they kind of went with just what worked. Yeah. And I feel, I feel, I personally feel like on this one, they were kind of like, you know, let's push the boundaries a little bit more, like, see see what all we can get away with. Because that's, you know, the Pharrell track, they even got, you know, DJ Premier on there scratching for the, um, for the late single. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, I feel I like they were song. definitely, you know, trying to, you know, branch out a little bit more. But as far as lyrical content, like, the subject matter, it's, uh, Business as usual. For, Soundtrack um, for the times, man. Just like it always is. So, I, in my opinion, like I don't, I don't think there's a, a skippable track on here. I'm not gonna lie. Usually, usually when two change roll uh, first comes up, depending on like what kind of mood I'm in, I usually skip it because he, he's got the last verse anyway. So at that point, yeah. I'm usually you know, on the next one. That's not even like a instant. Not even like a a diss uh, two change. I just, I just feel like I just don't feel like that verse fit the album. Like honestly. Yeah, this shit does not fit. Yeah, if they was gonna go for like but, a Atlanta rapper, like I would love to hear like Ludacris on his album. Yeah, or even Ti, David Banner, or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking like an Atlanta rapper that Killer Mike is cool with. You know what I'm saying? Like Big Boy was on the first album, and then no Ti was on rap music. So yeah, Ti would have been dope, and you know they got connections all the way back to that Bone Crusher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're good friends, you know. Yeah, I think um, the the barbershop that's in the Hawks Arena, I think, is co-owned by Ti and Killer Mike. Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a it's a dope album, man. It, it lived up to the hype, and I, I, I don't know. There's a, there's like there's a lot of quotables in this. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna think. That's what I was gonna uh, hit on. On uh, the last track, a few words for the firing squad, or it might have been the hidden track where LP's uh, rapping about his sister or whatever. Like that, the, yeah. the, those first couple bars in that verse, I was I was uh, thinking that might be like the realest uh, lines that LP ever put on an RTJ album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They was getting yeah, real. They was getting deep. Killer Mike was rapping about his mom. Yeah, I think is that that's not the same track. Whereas uh, Killer Mike is talking about. Uh, his friends kept telling me he could have been the next uh, Martin or Malcolm. That's a, I think yeah. that's a difference. Same track. Yeah, he's like, my wife said that she didn't want another martyr. Yeah, she was, yeah she needed another husband. Yeah, that yeah. That, that, that that shit right there. Is that heavy. shit is deep. Killer Mike is well respected uh, not only as a rapper and an MC, but also as a, you know, he's pretty much an activist. Like for being real about it. I'm about to say an activist. Yeah, sure. he's always in the community trying to trying to improve the situation. Yeah, so so to hear them bars come out. Like, those are conversations that have actually taken place. You know, it's kind of crazy to think about. You know, it kind of blows your mind. For sure. But yeah, so that 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 track was was deep as fuck, and just it's just it's just solid gold in my opinion, man. I don't know. Nobody has like nobody has an album one to album four collection like this. No, nah, I I don't I I'm yeah I agree with you. I'm, no, I like, agree with you. And that, with all due like, respect. With all due respect, NWA, Wu Tang, Mob D, UGK, A Ball MJG, Clips, RTJ is my favorite hip hop group, bar none. Well, I, see, I don't think you really call them a group. I think I think to be fair, duo. you kind of got to compare them to other duos. 
And as, as far as duos go, there's there's only you know a handful. And it's blasphemous, in my opinion, to say that they're better than Outkast. But oh yeah, I, can't, I don't know if I can put them. Gotta be real, man. They have four <laughs> albums that are you know four and above, depending on depending on you know your opinion. They're they're four and above with arguably two perfect albums mixed in. You want to um, throw RTJ against Southern Playlistic, RTJ two against Equimini, AT Aliens, whichever one second, and then flip flip it for RTJ three, and then Stank on your RTJ four. Well, Equimini is one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. That's, that's, that's a tough that's, battle. I, I, I put that shit up against damn any hip hop album that is out there. Equimini is my shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Outkast has a few albums where. I don't want to say they missed or whatever, but they're not quite on par with their other albums. But RTJ, man, all of their shit is gold, man. Yeah. It's it's so dope. To point out, they're so good. To where I, I, I past year, so I kind of got like in the uh, vinyl records and shit. I can't find I can't find the RTJ three album for less than a hundo, man. I can't. Excuse me. I can't find it. You got one, two, and four. I got one. I got one, two, and then I got four. The, comes know, out in a couple weeks. Yeah, I, I pre-ordered four, but it's not going to ship until like September. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we doing, man? Damn, the album came out. CD. I, I got the CD. It don't come out till September. Album comes out in June digitally, but the, they're not shipping no merch until September. Like, damn. Like, I know. Hey, the world's all, like that shit would drive me crazy. I would damn near drop that hundred to, to complete the collection. <laughs> Mm, but it's like I got I got one and two for a pretty good price. I got the um that little special edition Marvel. I think it was a record store record store day thing that they did with Marvel. They did like a little custom Marvel um album cover and it's got uh Stay Gold and the Stay Gold remix and the Kill Your Masters and the Kill Your Masters remix. Okay. Uh well as the uh, instrumentals on there. It's like I, I copped that for like twenty bucks. They got uh they got Meow the Jewels on vinyl? They do, but I, I I didn't really like that album. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, don't get me wrong. You know, it's the same album. Yeah, it's RTJ two with a bunch of cat noises. That shit, that album, man. I can't, I can't listen to the album. That shit is annoying. <laughs> it's loud. I think it's loud. funny as fuck. I'm not listening to that no. album. I can't listen to it. But it, it is a vinyl. But yeah, I, I can't. This just tells you. This just speaks volumes about RTJ three, man. I, I can't find RTJ three vinyl. For less than a hundo, you know, a brand new. I'm sure I could probably, probably find a used one somewhere. That's what I'm saying, though. You you could throw, you, you could blind, you could get blindfolded, throw all four RTJ albums on a dartboard. Whichever one you hit, you can't say it's not the best one. Mm -hmm. And I, I, and honestly, I didn't even count count uh, rap music as an RTJ album too, because that's what set the whole thing off. It's all produced by LP. And I know he had one verse for sure. Did he? But I want he had at least two on there. But he did produce that entire album. Yeah, and to me, that's you know that's Killer Mike's best work. Uh, you know, solo in my opinion. In my opinion, I love rap music. I love rap music, uh, and I love uh, Monster, which I, I actually just yeah. got on vinyl. I, I stole. I got that shit for a steal on vinyl. Mon yeah, Monster. Um, man, Monster is so cold. All day uh, I dream about that he did. Um, Killer Mike. He, he's got albums. Um, I think rap music is by far his most. His best and most complete project. So speaking and of blasphemies, it just tells you like, what's up? Neither, neither, neither LP or Killer Mike have released solo projects since they got together. Man, that's that's crazy to think about. Like they, uh, it's uh, LP even touches on it. He says he has a line something about uh, you know, I finally got my money right, and my career finally took off, and the world goes to shit. 
So like that tells you right there, like RTJ is finally at this point to where like yo motherfuckers know like these dudes are serious. Like they produce some good ass music. They you know the, the material is quality, and then the world kind of um, goes to shit in 2020. Like LP even yeah. touches on that one song. Ain't that some shit though? Like we like ever the glitter glistening, flaws gloss. I catch a beat running like Randy Moss. Like that's how long we've been fucking with Killer Mike. It took three RTJ albums for the world to take notice, and the LP been underground forever. I was uh I was talking to my girlfriend about this too, man. Like um like when the protests and everything like first started going on, and Killer Mike gave that speech down in Atlanta, um where he like it was like an eight nine minute long speech, uh, and then, like he's like he started like tearing up and shit, and I just like woke yeah. up and, like random ass people were like tagging me, like you know sending me this Killer Mike thing because they they know that I fuck with Killer Mike like that. Um, and even even that thing he did for Bernie Sanders, I want to say I want to say it was last year um, when Bernie Sanders was on the campaign trail. Um, powerful speech, man. Killer Mike has been an activist since he was like a junior in high school, man. And that shit's dope to me. Yeah. Uh, I've been been messing with uh, Killer Mike since he dropped that Randy Moss line. That's like that was like my first introduction to like Killer Mike. Yeah, you know, since the, then. it was uh, the Scooby Doo soundtrack with Outkast. Yeah, his album Monster came out when we were in high school. I don't know if I was a sophomore or junior. I can't, I can't remember. I have to look it 03. up. Oh, three. I think you had to be a sophomore because it come out. I think it come out in oh, 03. I don't remember. Maybe I used, to, I, used to bootleg, I used to bootleg CDs back then. Like, you know that too. And yeah. I, used to, I used to sell hella bootleg CDs, but I remember that Killer Mike came out. Like, I maybe sold like five or six copies of that bootleg album. And everybody who bought that album, like, I had, we had like this connection. You know what I mean? Like, yo, this Killer, this Killer Mike dude is like. I, I can't believe like nobody's really talking about it yeah. like that. So it, I, I try to tell people like I've been I've been messing with Killer Mike for a long time. Okay, and people are surprised like when they find out like how how deep like intellectual he is. Like yeah, like he was educated as fuck. Like, that's I mean? why like, yeah, that's why I told y'all in the group chat a couple weeks ago too. Like Killer Mike is one of the smartest, most educated dudes out there, and because yeah, he got Killer I, in his name or because he's a rapper overall, people try to discredit his knowledge. And like man, it's not even like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to go down that that path too, man, you, like, you, like you see uh, people like posting this shit, you know, retweeting, you know, um, whatever on IG, like reposting on IG. You always have that one person who jump in the comments, like, "Oh, I'm supposed to take somebody whose name is Killer. Yeah. I'm, supposed take his, I'm supposed to take this guy serious." Yeah. I don't want to go down this path. But you clearly didn't of, listen to what he said. That's that's just I don't want to go down that path, but that's where we are in this world where you know, stupid ass people are making themselves. Um, obvious to the rest of us. Yeah, like, bro, you're exposing your ignorance, man. Listen to what he said, and then come up with snarky ass comment. No, I'm gonna listen to a guy who called himself killer. Okay, I, I think I want to say somebody tried to pull that shit on him on like the Bill Maher show or something. I don't, no, I don't remember. Like, I don't remember the exact I, interview. It was definitely like a late night show. It was a late night. So I, I know what you're talking about. I mean, he he's been dealing with that shit, you know, for the past five or six years. Ever, ever since. RTJ took off because he's, yeah. he's put himself out there more in a political sense. So he's been dealing with that for a few years now. And every time somebody calls him out on that shit, like he destroys him, he eats yeah. him up. That just you know speaks on the ignorance of people, man. It's crazy. Yeah, man. I don't. Th- this might be blasphemous, but I'm gonna throw this like a four point five nine 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 out of five. <laughs> Cause like I said, like the other three are fives, and I just, I don't have RTJ four as high yet, but it'll get there eventually. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can call it a five either, uh, but it's probably 
Damn, it's probably my album of the year so far, man. Probably. That shit too. That shit too. Like I was telling you and Merritt. Like I don't have a definitive like favorite album overall. Like for bars, like I think that John Connor is the best. For vibe, I think that Coda is the best. For production and anticipation and all that shit, I think RTJ is the best. Yeah, man, if you ask me what my top five albums are right now, it'd probably go something like, i probably put RTJ in one, i probably put Code in two. Um, damn, I've been talking hella shit this, this, entire, this entire year, and I'm having, like, a brain fart right now. I know yeah, Styles yeah. P is in my top five. Um, Royce would probably be just outside my top five. Joiner. Uh, I, 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 man, yeah, I've been meaning to talk about this too. Uh, I don't, I don't really bump that joiner no more at all, man. Actually, the, actually, if I go back and listen to it now, like I, I borderline call it whack compared to what's come out. Since more stuff has come out, I haven't bumped it as much, but I'm gonna revisit it. Uh, I, I bumped the hell out of that joiner when it first came out, but it's mostly because it got me hyped when I was like working out and shit. Yeah. But like, it's as an album as far as lyrics and all this shit, like it's it's really not that good. Like, for being honest, like I think I think he just got to the point where like he needed to put something out, so yeah. he did. But that joint Lucas isn't in my top five. Uh, man, uh, Griselda, shout out Griselda, man. They've been killing shit lately. Um, that, that Lulu album from uh, Conway the Machine is probably in my top five, even though it's only seven tracks. They on that Kanye West shit. Yeah, that's not uh, one. Westside Gun has dropped like two projects, I want to say, like this year. They're both crazy. That, uh, yeah, that uh, Joel and Crook. This is a this is a sneaky ass year for hip hop, man. I'm, I'm telling you. Um, and the year's only halfway over. This has been a dope. As every, considering everything, like, this has been a dope ass year for hip hop, in my opinion. Music and, is the uh, only thing that didn't get shut down. Yeah, we're only about halfway through, man. And I honestly, I hope that they keep feeding us because, man, we need it, man. We need the people need something to look forward to. Merit Spider Sense is tingling. Colin Kendrick got to give us something. Mm. I think they will too, because you know I do too. I've been in the news lately with that whole no name shit, the back and forth with no name. Um, we could do a whole podcast on that, um, so I don't really want to, you know, dwell too much into that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but that's a, that was, in my opinion, that was a dope ass song. Yeah, um, it was real dope, and even her response, like you know, that shit was dope to me. Like, I, I don't have, I don't have a problem with you know a back and forth like that. You know, two people that are on the same team, like clearly they're on the same team. You know, um, we're all on the same side of the fence here. And they just kind of had a little, uh, I don't want to call it a dispute. I think J. Cole said his piece. Yeah. I think in responding, she said her piece. I don't think either one of them took it too far. I don't even really think either one of them said anything that was just like, you know, too disrespectful. Yeah. But there hasn't been, what, in the last week and a half or so, there hasn't been anything over social media. They probably linked up in person and just chopped it up, hashed it out. And honestly, I, I think that best case scenario coming out of it, I think I think they should. I, I really think they should. I think they should sit down in a room. And honestly, I don't uh, like this would be considered like you know like selling out, like you know there's just clout chasing or whatever. But I feel like those two can honestly sit to get sit down together, uh, just them two and like maybe one or two other people, like a camera guy and like a sound guy, and just and just like do like a 45 minute like podcast, whatever you want to say, like a video log, whatever. You trying to do... back and forth, and then putting that out there, man. Because I feel like I feel like both of them have a platform, and they both of them have a big enough following to where, um, like, they could they could really do some good. Um, so yeah, I, I'm like like I said, we could do a whole podcast or you know a whole episode talking about that shit or whatever. But yeah, for sure. No, I, I didn't have I didn't really see nothing wrong with it. I thought it was a dope dope song by J Cole. 
and I thought that her little response that she had the um, it was Al- Alchemist, right? Alchemist did the beat. Sure, I don't think I heard yeah. her shit. It was either Alchemist or Madlib. I want to say it was Alchemist. Damn, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm having a brain fart right now. But it was a cool little beat. And oh. let's, let's let's be real for somebody uh, who that's not her like main thing. She had a response pretty fast, like three yeah. days. I want to say maybe two days. I want to say that you had the production confused with uh. I want to say you had the producer uh, confused with Freddie Gibbs, but I, Freddie Gibbs worked heavy with both of them dudes. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty. I want to say it's Alchemist. I'm, I'm 99 sure it's Alchemist. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah man. Crazy. What man? Crazy music. Uh, drop a comment. Let us know what y'all thought about that RTJ. How do y'all rank all four all four RTJ albums? Come back in a couple weeks and probably. Talk about that Sky Zuda just dropped, man. So y'all just sit back and chill until the next episode.